Hello and welcome to episode 73, two or three? 72. Oh my God. Welcome to episode 72 of the Post 20 podcast. Sorry guys, we're coming in hot on this one. Just just joined the Discord, but we figured we'd start right away. Um, Yeah, welcome back everyone. Um, Post 20 podcast, getting close to 75 and then 100's up next. Kind of crazy. I know I say that all the time, but it's definitely kind of wild that we've been doing it for this long. Yeah, two-year anniversary in December. It's, it seems like it was just yesterday we started, but it going week by weekend. I mean, the season's almost over, so the good thing is summertime will be rolling around. You'll have the the soccer's not going to go away. We'll have MLS and you know, Euros and yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. So the cha- the the show's not going to die in content. Yeah, it'll be it'll just change like what we do on each uh weekly episode will change, but um I don't it's not going to matter. I mean, we'll pick up on other sports back, you know what I mean? Yeah, and NFL. then once the NFL kicks off like late, you know, late summer, shit kind of starts to move, preseason starts. Um Yeah. We can just incorporate that. I mean, also well, the prem comes back in like August always, so yeah, like second week of August. Yeah, so I'll be able to go back to doing my my picks um, on yeah, the morning we, show and stuff like that. Yeah, we can go back to three shows a week just because there's too much stuff to talk about in one show. Because yeah. if we did, if we talked about everything in one show, it'd be like a three hour episode. Yeah, there's no way I would have been able to like make sure that I got out. I was thinking about this the other day. There's no way that I would have managed to make sure that I got. Uh, what was I even calling it? Wake up Wednesday out every every week. There's no way, because I yeah with your I work. Had class right at that time and uh, I know we were talking about before uh, before we started recording, but bro, school is just insane. These professors are way out of pocket. There's a crazy entitlement that they have. They they think that they're like worth a human being's time, and they are truly not. Mm, I re- I respect that. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know what, where the entitlement came from, but I never experienced professors treating uh, students this way. I mean, I know they're like their job is to teach you and they're in charge. That's fine, but I mean, just have a little bit of fucking respect for the people that are paying your salary. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's wild. It's crazy, man. And hell, kids are paying out of their own pocket. It's not like you know people's parents are paying for college, like. Most of us pay for it ourselves, so just I think some people need some perspective because I have some absolute fucking freaks this semester, <laughs> to say the least, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, so I wonder if, I mean, I don't think any of them would find this. I actually don't care. Go fuck yourself, actually, if you're watching this right <laughs> now. Um, really? <laughs> you know who you are. I mean, yeah, you know who you are. There's a couple of professors that are sick, and the other ones are just absolute fucking assholes. Yeah, I've had, I had a handful of those in the past. Like, what, what's yeah. the worst thing that happened to you in school? Whoa, professor, professor based. Yeah, I'm curious. I think I already know, but well, not that wasn't my fault. It was like a, a English 101 yeah. professor. He was used to taking like the honors courses, right. like the honors students and all that, whatever. And me and me and my roommate Seth, uh, reoccurring guest on the show, mm-hmm. it, we were in the class together. And we we were soft. It was sophomore year, and we were in the course. And we'd let him know like we're on the soccer team. And some days we might have to cut a little bit early. And he wouldn't work with us whatsoever. Like he yeah. just hated sports in general and was like, 
it's unexcused absence and blah 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 and like we immediately dropped the course a couple weeks later i mean we were still not doing good in the course because he was such an asshole with grading yeah but, but yeah that was like the worst it's not a crazy experience like i've had other ones where like it was my fault yeah it's just like wild because it, when you get to college it's different than in high school like everyone has to be on the same page for high school to run right but in college, I mean, professors, especially if they have tenure, they can do whatever the fuck they want. They can right. actually do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. I mean, I have had courses with professors that have tenure who literally come in and just say, like, listen, you guys can sit here and read the textbook or you can just leave. I marked you <laughs> present. Like, I marked you present. We can talk if you guys want. If you guys want to hang out for the lecture, you're welcome to. I'm going to lecture regardless. But if you don't want to be here, dip. Make sure you get your assignment in on time. That's it. That's how some people are. But you have other people that have tenure that have literally like, entirely divorced the name of the class with the content that they're teaching. Like, I'm trying to think. I don't even remember if it was at where I'm currently at or if it was when I was at community college, but... Oh, I remember what it was. I had this class. It's about earth science, right? This dude, I mean, rocks are part of earth science, right? But this guy made the entire class about telling stories about when he was a geologist. But he, a geologist, not a fucking rock star, a geologist, which is a boring ass job. You literally look at nasty old rocks. That's it. That's all you do. If you find anything anything more expensive than, you know, just a regular old rock, you got to call a gem guy in because that's, that's his responsibility. This guy literally looked at rocks. He, every single Wednesday night for four hours, would tell a story, stories about rocks. He was a really old guy, like, you know, handicapped at this point. Nice guy, but just like the class, I didn't learn a fucking thing. All we did was listen to his stories. He used to put questions on the tests about the stories that he told us. And there was no way that any of them are real. Like, he was telling crazy shit. He's like, yeah, I met this guy. I met this guy. I met this guy. He's like, I met Mick Jagger. I said, what the fuck does that have to do with rocks, dude? I mean, that's a sick story. Like, it's dope that you met Mick Jagger. I'd like to hear the rest of the story. But... You didn't meet Mick Jagger because you were a geologist. Like it's these th- two things are not related at all. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came Put it from. On the but... exams? Yes, dude. He literally had questions. I don't even want to say his last name. He's probably dead by now. He was such a <laughs> he was such a nice guy. Like he really was. He had cancer and all kinds of shit. Oh, but fuck. every single class, bro, he would come outside. At the like, whenever he'd give us a break, he'd give us a 15 minute break. It used to take him eight minutes to get down, eight minutes to get back up. He was always Uh late, but he would sit outside and smoke down an entire, like a a Philly blunt, the cigars. Like, they're shitty, they're really shitty cigars. He's an old Italian guy. I think he was from Philly. He would sit out there and literally rip it down to a stinger and get rid of it and come back inside. Like his fifteen minute breaks were always half hour long because he had to smoke the whole cigar. I don't know how Jesus anyone Christ. could could do that. His doctors yeah. told him I can't smoke cigars, and he said, "No, this is the one thing that you have to let me have." So yeah, I haven't smoked cigars enough. I get lightheaded when I do it. 
Salvatore. That was his first name. He was he was an interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I smoked my first cigar for a couple probably a couple of years um, the other day on on the on the course. It was nice, man. Every once in a while, it's nice to just kind of like fully remove yourself from whatever the fuck else is going on in your life and just kind of sit there and have a beer, drink or smoke a cigar. Yeah, it's like a good thing to when you haven't seen somebody in a while, you bust out some cigars yeah, and just yeah. talk about some old school shit. Yeah, that's that's classic. I feel like that's there's going to be a lot of that going on this summer, you know. Once everybody's kind of back into the swing of things. And like the people that want that have been vaccinated, wanted to be vaccinated, they're done. The people that don't want to get vaccinated aren't going to do it. So we're all just kind of like getting back to where we're at, where we were yeah. at. I think the beginning of June and of May is when things are going to start opening up, like, for real. Yeah, you'll definitely start to see things open up. I just mean, like, in a social sense, because that's, for some people, like, the pandemic totally shifted the way that people see their, their like, social lives, you know? Some people have become more introverted. I am an introvert by, like, that's just how I am. So right. not literally nothing changed for me. Um kind of sucked at the beginning not being able to see like extended friends or whatever but nothing changed for me a lot of people i think have changed the way they see um like being out in public yeah that's interesting i think another thing is like our show like as soon as um like our like the show is doing good in numbers like looking back i can't believe we were averaging like 80 90 plays a week every show and then as soon as the pandemic hit, that shit just dropped like a rock after the first few weeks. It just, I, I don't even know what happened. It's literally, that's so many different things, though. The only thing that went up, like, in terms of viewership is, um, like, Netflix, like, streaming shit like that. Like, sports experience to drop in viewership. I know podcast experience to drop in viewership. But more podcasts were created. Like right in the in the three months that, um, like the first three months of the pandemic, mm-hmm. apparently like like forty million more podcasts were added onto. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. It's nuts. In a year, the numbers doubled. Yeah, that just adds to the saturation of I the guess, market, right? And and that's I think maybe part of you know people were trying to make their own shit. Maybe we just lost. Uh, viewership on that i'm i think i think over time it'll, it's like a fad like it'll die out people will stop doing it like yeah we've been doing we've been doing it almost a year and a half now uh, we've outlasted i'd say probably 80 percent of the podcasts that were created around the same time as us people yeah. don't last like it's it's a hard thing to keep going we haven't missed a single week just because i think we're attentive and like very respectful of each other's time and you know the time we dedicate to the show but i think like if we were to have, you know, missed a week or two, um, dude, it's hard to get yourself back into like a schedule, you know? Yeah. I've, there's been a couple of moments in my head where it's like, do I, like, I remember it and I'm like, do I really want to do it today? And it's like, yeah, because yeah. It, it's like to the people listening that do listen and then more, more so myself just holding myself accountable. Right. Like, you're, you see, from the start, you're going to do it once a week and, I think I've only ever missed like one show, but that was like when we were doing we were doing our solo series. And yeah, then I skipped a week. Yeah, I mean, and that's we both agreed. Like, it just wasn't 
it, it was an unattainable goal for us. Uh, we didn't have that much time to dedicate, especially when we considered the viewership numbers, and uh, that wasn't a big deal for us. You know, we dropped it. We'll pick it back up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I missed a couple weeks back back uh, last semester. When when life gets stressful, it does kind of – it's hard to, like, go on camera or go on audio and kind of, like, forget about all that shit, though. But mm -hmm. I, I think um, – I think I'd, I've done a much better job with that. This when it when it was four of us or three of us, like it was kind of tough to like fully immerse myself into a, a totally different situation where I was trying to not be serious. That's hard for me. I'm just a serious kind of serious person. Yeah, it's tough when like it's uh, people you you haven't really been around a lot. Yeah, like me, me, Wade, and Trevor. Like we went to school together, school together, and everything. And Trevor and I went to college together. So yeah. like. There's more of a di dynamic there, and like you and me have our own dynamic, different different from those guys. Right. So it's hard to balance all that stuff. But if you can do it right, then you can attain like different aspects and different uh, types of audiences into the show. Oh yeah, I mean each individual personality. Yeah, I think a lot of there's a lot of like multiple person podcasts, and when you have like even i'm thinking of like four or five man shows i mean they're an absolute fucking train wreck and we'll we'll get into the soccer soon guys sorry um if you're not tuning in to hear this kind of stuff but um the dynamics between all of them like some people will go at each other constantly or even if it's like a recurring guest you know the recurring right. guest will get along with one host but not with the other host um, that shit is so entertaining, man. It provides for like so much, so much, uh, hilarious, uh, content. I, that's, yeah. I'm not, that's not how I am though. I'm not like <laughs> confrontational. Obviously like Wade and Trevor fucking totally cool guys. It, it just didn't work out that we all, you know, stayed on. Yeah. I yeah. mean, maybe, maybe one day we can do like, uh, like doing the two year anniversary or three year or whatever. Show? Yeah. It'd be hilarious. Do it in person or something. Yeah. I mean, all, like, our show has just changed so much. I feel like it's become such a streamlined, like, very simple process now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a good... We've we've settled down to, like, a good base and, like, good yeah. foundation to where we understand what we need to do to yeah. get the show properly going and everything and what content we need to do. And from there, you just need to upgrade production and consistency and providing content i guess i think that's the next step to really branching out and gaining more traction yeah but for that, sure. that just comes down to hard work and really thinking to yourself like how how much do you want to do it yeah i mean that's yeah so many different hobbies um but creating create just creating this is my creative outlet really this is the only place that i do that because everything else is forced all that other creativity has to be forced for school and stuff so when school's over and I'm not utilizing that creative part of my brain anymore, then I'll have way more to allocate to the show or, um, you know, or where the direction that the show goes in even just the, the brain power to think about that, um, requires a lot, you know, kind of have to sit yeah. down and really think about it. So I'm just excited to be able to turn my brain off, uh, off of school mode coming up here soon. It'll be really nice to kind of just get back to basics. All right. All right. Let's get on into the games. Last week we uh we recapped match week thirty. This week we will be recapping 
match week 31. The first game, April 9th, was Wolves versus Fulham. Mm. Post-20 podcast, very own Fulham FC have continued their slide since beating Liverpool 1-0, which we thought was the resurgence of the club. Unfortunately, we were uh, incorrect. While they did manage to hold Fulham until extra time, uh, ultimately their efforts were in vain because Adama Traore, I mean, (laughs) what an absolute freak of human being, scored in the 92nd minute. Fulham outplayed Wolves, if you ask me. I thought um, they looked better. The possession was pretty much split right down the middle, uh, but I just... It's tragic that Fulham managed to fucking concede in the 92nd. I felt so bad. Yeah, I watched that whole game. Uh, Our overall records, though, for this past week that we did, you you went 7-3 and on your picks, and I went 4-6. and That is tough. Yeah, you're pulling away a lot in the records. Like my my win loss ratio is absolute shit right now, and you're 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 about to be even. Oh, let's fucking go! So it's looking good for you with about six weeks left. But the Fulham thing, ever since that Liverpool win, they've lost four straight, yep. and I think that was the time where we started dubbing Scotty PR guy. Yeah, and I think there's just some sort of hex. We cursed on him. That. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. Like they they play good. It just. I said this last week, last week, and I said it the week before. It just comes down to game management, and the last ten to fifteen minutes, they just fall apart. It happened. It happened in the Villa game. They were up one nothing, and yep. then things just fell apart. And now it happened against Wolves, who are pretty much on par in form with their level. Like Wolves have been absolute shit this year. Yeah, they have been dog shit, especially you know. Be- it's because they lost uh, Raúl Jiménez, I think. But mm-hmm. and now Pedro Neto is out. Yeah, Page exactly. Pedro is out the rest of the season now, so they're really on their last two. Le- they're they're on their last leg, really, and getting a win there pretty much solidifies them staying in the league. But for Fulham, it's it's dire, especially after Sorry. Newcastle are picking up good form. They got a, they got that um, which call it? They got that win. They got the win against uh, Burnley that we'll get to, but it's just not looking good. I don't know what they can do, Fulham. They're going to have to pretty much win out if they want a chance. And West Brom's right up their ass in the table. They're only two points behind them now, which we did not see coming. No, we did not. They're having a fucking renaissance just out of nowhere. It's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have that much else to say about this. It's just, it's really unfortunate for Fulham because I felt like they were starting to gain momentum and going to make sure that they were going to make sure they stayed up. And uh, it's a mental toughness thing, I think, for the players. They do have a lot of young players, unproven players, players that haven't played in the Prem, where, yeah. you know, you right. have to be mentally strong. And and a lot I, of them are loaned in. Yeah, and I think that's it. Uh, chemistry has a huge thing to do with mental toughness. And if you don't feel like one, you know, cohesive unit, then that's a big thing. It's a huge problem. And these games where Fulham is just kind of falling apart at the last 15 to 20 minutes... That that is the difference at this point in the season, and these are just points you can't drop, and it's kind of sad. It makes me a little frustrated to know that um, that Fulham are, are probably going to go down now. Yeah, and the one more thing before we move on. That's just one thing. I I I hate to say this, but that's just one thing. Big Sam has over Scott Parker. It's I know just he has the experience <laughs> in this in this 
in this area of the table where he knows how to wiggle his way out and squirm and slime out. And Scott's still playing the same way. Like, they're in that mid-table uh, area where they can just control and play nice football and maybe get a win or two. But they really need to scrap games out. It's going to have to be route one. It's going to have to be dirty. You're going to have to get in these tough, tough matches where you scrap out, scrape one no wins over teams like Brighton and Burnley, and they're just not doing that. They they need to change their style if they want to get any momentum. Yeah. Um, I just, like, it's so fucking crazy to watch Fulham, like, be, have that crazy win against Liverpool that we watched live and be, like, so hyped and amped on them just for them to literally suck a bag of dicks in four straight games. Like, I don't, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but we'll move on to... Another game that was just, I don't even know what to say about this. I mean, this was absolute craziness. Um, Leeds went up on City, shocking everybody uh, in the 42nd minute when Stuart Dallas managed to, like, take one home. And I'm going to read you the full stats here of the entire game because I'm I'm now just looking at them for the first time. This is a FIFA scoreline. Yeah. City had 29 shots to Leeds's two and seven shots on target to their two and 72% possession to Leeds's 28%. Yep. So Stuart Dallas scored both of the goals at right in like the stoppage to before halftime. Liam Cooper, uh Leeds player managed to pick up a red card. So he was out he was donezo, and I yep. thought certainly that City would, would come back. They managed to draw themselves even in the 76th through uh, a goal by youngster Ferran Torres. But in the 91st minute, Dallas got his foot on one again and pulled leads ahead, and that was it. I mean, City were never back in from that point. But they absolutely clobbered leads and managed mm-hmm. to lose. This was the first time I feel like we've seen City def- kind of defensively, um, I don't want to say collapse because it wasn't a, a full collapse, but they faltered. If if this means anything, I, it's kind of a cop-out, you could say, but rotated side, no Rodri, no Ruben Diaz. Uh, they had Mendy in there instead of playing Kyle Walker and Cancelo flip-flopped. So they rotated a lot of teams, probably due to the Champions League match against Dortmund in yeah. between, but still not an excuse. And I mean, Diaz would have been a massive boost for them. And the red card for Cooper was kind of controversial. It was a VAR decision. Yellow turned red. But Leeds did their thing. I'm looking here. Uh, of the 77 teams Pep has faced in his managerial career, Leeds is only one of two teams that uh, Pep's failed to beat. Because uh, Leeds got a draw earlier in the year against City. So Leeds is in very comfortable company there, getting four points out of six off City in the league, which not many could say this year, if any. Um, but yeah, like this is the crazy thing about Leeds is like they can pull games like this out of their ass where you don't expect it. But when they play like a, a Newcastle or a West Brom, it's kind of a it's kind of a struggle bus. Like they're right there in the in the trenches with them. So crazy to think Leeds got this win. It yeah. makes you think that City is human, uh, especially when they lose to ten men. So anybody can beat them, 
which I'm looking forward to Saturday or tomorrow, I should say, for Chelsea in the FA Cup yep. against them. But yeah, crazy game for Leeds. And the sad thing is I benched Dallas on my fantasy team and yeah. I lost because of it. That's absolutely fucked. That is horrendous. I don't even I keep thought- up because literally now like fantasy baseball money league started. So I have I'm constantly I spend ten hours a day looking at fucking fantasy baseball numbers. It's horrible. Yeah, baseball is like all about the statistics, even more than the other sports. I play and there's so many teams and so many games it's insane i can't keep up with it bro there's games that literally start like the crack of fucking dawn because the yeah. schedule is so shit and i'm yeah. like in literally i get up really early now but i'm never ready like for the first game and i'll get the espn i hate fucking well, they ESPN usually start at like one it's like one so, o'clock some games the... do yeah like lunch games and i fucking hate hate espn's fantasy app I don't know how people play fantasy football on it either. It is absolute fucking dog water. You like Yahoo? Yahoo or, or fucking. A different one better. I literally would rather not play if it's not Yahoo. I, it's one of my requirements. I've made two leagues switch to Yahoo. I, I won't pay otherwise. <laughs> it's just bad. Like how ESPN's is so bad. I don't understand it. Um, I, I hear you. So, so we'll move on. Liverpool 2. Aston Villa won. It looked like it was going to be a repeat of the 7-2 smashing that Liverpool suffered earlier this season uh, when Ollie Watkins opened the scoring right before halftime. I figured the second half would be much of the same because Liverpool didn't really look... I mean, they looked good. They looked sharper than they have in recent weeks, but it didn't look like one of those games you know, that you were going to see Liverpool come out and bang three or four in uh, like last season. Mm-hmm. So I thought Villa would continue or at least, you know, buckle down and keep their lead. Um, but the second half, Liverpool came out firing. Salah scored in the 57th to draw Liverpool level. And TAA, back from the dead, scored in stoppage time, the 91st minute, to secure all three for Liverpool. Liverpool very dominant on the stat sheet, to be honest with you. 67 to 33% possession in their favor. 10 on target to 5, 23 to 9. So a lot of really good chances for Liverpool here. Pretty strong lineup, I think. Um, Kabak and Phillips have looked better in recent weeks with Fabinho slotting back into midfield. And they managed to get their best front three out there. Salah, uh, Firmino, and Jota. So this was a game they should have won, to be honest, if you look at their team. Um, Just not really a game that I was fully expecting for them to win because... Liverpool have been Liverpooling this season. Yeah, I mean, Mane on the bench, getting rested for yeah. Champions League, which didn't turn out well for them. Phillips and Kabak in the back. Uh, those guys have been playing together pretty much since Kabak joined now. Uh, those guys are getting consistent game time, learning each other's habits, and also with TAA and Robertson. So consistency is key for those guys back there. Uh, polar opposite when we were talking about Fulham ever since the Liverpool win they've lost four straight since Liverpool lost to Fulham three straight Prem wins Um, those coming over Villa, Arsenal and Wolves so not too bad and then they also broke their run of not winning at home eight straight games they couldn't win at home in all competitions now they broke that so yeah it's looking good for Liverpool obviously they got knocked out by Real Madrid of the Champions League, so they have nothing but the league to worry about. So good signs for them. They can rest players during the week. 
not not going to have to worry about crammed schedule as much. Uh, I know Henderson should be back this weekend, maybe as a bench player, but yeah. if not, he'll be back for the following matchup. So starting to get players back. I don't know if anybody else is coming after that. Yeah. On the Villa on the Villa side, I think I saw that Trezeguet is getting surgery, so he's mm-hmm. out for the rest of the he's, year. He's done. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on with Grealish right now. I don't know when he's coming back if he is. Um, I'm looking here, was it saying Jack Grealish? Yeah, no, no return date uh, set yet. So they're probably maybe it's him personally. He doesn't want to come back. I'll probably shut him he, down. Maybe it's because he doesn't want to hurt his chances of not making the Euros, the Euro squad because he had such a great year up till that injury. So maybe he doesn't want to re-injure himself, so he'll be out for that, which is something he probably really wants to play in. Because I don't think he's played for England in a big major tournament yet, has he? No, I haven't seen him yet. Um, it's been most of the the old guard, you know? Yeah, exactly. So probably a dream of his he doesn't want to ruin yeah. in a, a random game that doesn't mean anything because they're sitting mid-table and they're probably not going to move up anywhere. Um, but yeah, Liverpool's looking good. Uh, I think they're on the up. They're on the up and up right now. Yeah, uh, it's looking good for them. Uh, I don't think the bombing out of the Champions League against a very mediocre Madrid side is a great look, but, you know, it happens. Um, not everyone can be Arsenal advancing to the, uh, the semis, semis. Yeah, of the fucking Europa League. <laughs> Thank You're God. Right Thank God they fucking won yesterday. I was so afraid. I didn't bet on it, and I knew I should have. Yeah, I thought it was sketchy because I saw right before kickoff said Aubameyang came down with malaria. Yeah, I was like, oh fuck, man. Imagine, Plus, dude. you got your other injuries, and I was he's, like, it, he's it made... literally from Africa. Like, how how are you getting malaria in Europe? Yeah, Africa know, is man. the place where you get malaria. That's where you have you have to be vaccinated before you go to malaria and like South or to Africa and South America because it's hot and mosquitoy. And he literally managed to get it in fucking Prague? How? <laughs> That's insane. I don't know. I mean, on the, on the Prague, on the Slavia Prague side, they had one player banned for 10 matches due to racial, said something racist. Oh, yeah. Um, so he got banned for 10 matches. And I think it was an omen showing that Arsenal was going to put the smackdown on him. And they did, four, was it 4 nothing or 4-1? Yeah, it was, it was 4-1 or 4 nothing. I saw a picture of... Well, I watched, obviously, at the very beginning of the game. Lacazette went and, um, like, kneeled up by the half circle, like all the Prem teams do. They kneel. Yeah. Um, And Slavia Prague just, like, sat there and stand. Like, I don't know. Kind of, like, that's kind of weird. I feel like they should have kneeled, too, especially after their players just did, like, or one player did that racist thing to Glenn Kamara from Rangers. But they stood, so whatever. It's not a big deal, but. Um, Lacazette just literally kneeled there and stared into their eyes and then opened the scoring. Yeah. So, Or it was Saka that opened the scoring. But uh, Lacazette had a fantastic game. Yeah. So, I mean, Chelsea are through in the Champions League as yep. well. They're going to they're gonna square up against Madrid. Mm-hmm. I think I think we're away first. First leg's away. I think you guys, you guys can beat that Madrid team. They're, they are yeah. not that good. I think we've had the best luck so far when 100%. it comes to draws. Like it's crazy to think like the luck we've had so far in all the competitions, except now in the FA Cup, obviously with City. But uh, you were gonna we, draw them in something. It's better that it be the FA yeah. Cup, not fucking UCL. Yeah, I'm happy to see PSG and City. One of them are gonna fall off. And I was telling one of the, one of my coworkers at the post office because he was telling me or when I earlier when I started that 
he's like new a new soccer fan started yeah. last year and he's got in the premier league and he's a chelsea guy he said his friends are liverpool guys so they have banter between them and he said he was like new to it too and he like sucked liverpool off because like the champions league win and all that and i was yeah. like buddy you haven't been around man you don't know like yeah, people don't know how much of a fucking choke dna club that is yeah and we were going we were talking about it and i we were talking about the champions league today or yesterday morning one of them yeah. but uh i was saying we're looking good man madrid's a decent side but i'd rather go up against them than the best two players in neymar and mbappe and then the machine of pep and city so we just gotta we just gotta do our thing take it one game at a time and and we mentioned the porto game the second leg like tuchel's second loss of the year now but those games are always weird because one leg's already played, so there's already something on the lo- something already happened, and that's in your mind. So you have a lead, and you're just trying to hold it. So they played it safe, and Porto just got the win. Probably scored the goal of the tournament up to this point. That that uh, bicycle kick, yeah, which was that insane. was nuts. That was insane. He didn't even celebrate because it just the, at the point of the game, it didn't mean anything. Yeah. Um... All right, so we'll get into Crystal Palace, Chelsea. We're 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 on a fucking long one today already. Um, Palace one, Chelsea four. Havertz and Pulisic were out in full form in this game. It's nice to see them them playing together. I think like Pulisic and Havertz when they've been on the pitch together have linked up very well, and I think like Havertz seems to be, I don't even know, unlocked maybe a little bit by having pacey guys out. Um, you know, playing where they're supposed to play instead of Werner being played on the left wing. Yeah. Um, Chelsea absolutely dominated this game. Led possession, led shots, uh, also the shots on target. Ten shots on target for Chelsea. A lot of chances in this game, and they managed to get four out of that. So I'd say that's pretty good showing from them. Uh, kind of uncharacteristic of this uh, most recent Chelsea side. Very defensive, king of defensive structure. Uh, TT is so it was nice to see them get a bunch on the score sheet. Zuma added one um, as well. It wasn't just Havertz and Pulisic. It's good to see him get involved. Uh, Bateke had a consolation goal in between a bunch of Chelsea goals in the 63rd, um, but that was literally their only shot on target. Was was Bateke? Um, Palace just kind of mid. wasn't really expecting anything fantastic from them. It was, you know, Benteke and Zaha, Eze and Ayu were also in. Um, so they had all their, their main guys, really. Uh, just just couldn't really get anything out of them. And Chelsea won a game that they certainly should have, in my opinion. Yeah, on paper, we said straight up the Chelsea win. We, had say, we didn't think too much about it. And this is the first time under Tuchel in the Prem we scored more than three, more than two goals uh, in a league match, which is nice to see. And with the Havertz thing, I think, He's not being forced into the side every week and being pushed to do something crazy. Like he's getting handed opportunities every once in a while. And I don't think there's as much pressure on him because they're not high intense games where everything's on the line. So maybe he, maybe mentally he's at ease a little bit and having Pulisic next to him and Pulisic is on a heater right now. He's picking up form. Uh, just really crossing my fingers right now. Nothing bad happens to him injury-wise, yeah. which eventually does happen. Every time he gets hot, something happens where he just gets set back to reality. So, And also, it takes the load off of Mount. Mount was doing a lot. 
when everybody else was down and keeping us where we are up to this point. And, I mean, Werner, I don't know, man. Uh, we're talking about now that Ziyech potentially is going to leave in the summer. Obviously, we're not going to sell Werner after such an investment in him. Yeah, no. He needs at least another year to really settle in and figure himself out with Tuchel's tactics. For sure. But, I mean, overall, it's it, the side played well. Uh, we already mentioned the Champions League. They did they did their part there. And it should be interesting to see what lineup comes out tomorrow against City. Yeah. Uh, going going into potentially a cup final at the in May. Yeah. Be interesting to see how how everything pans out. Um, good showing for Chelsea. Nice to see them get a bunch on the score sheet. But we will move on. Next one: Burnley one, Newcastle two. I came out of retirement for a couple days, uh, and this was one of the games that I bet on. I had a fourteen parlay and. It was really good, except the first leg of the parlay was a live Mm -hmm. bet on Burnley after they were up 1-0. They were literally minus 150. I was like, that's fucking sick odds. Burnley are kings of parking it. And, dude, they literally subbed on... I don't think St. Max started. I think they subbed him on. And he got subbed on and fucking scored yeah. in the 64th. And like, that was it. I knew that there was no way Burnley was going to score two more and win. Um, yeah. And they subbed, they, they subbed Wilson and St. Maxman off the bench. Yeah. For Jellington and Dwight Gale, which is a total upgrade. Yeah. So you brought the fucking good guys on, you brought your A team yeah. on and that's just so annoying, dude. Obviously, obviously hindsight's 2020. Yeah. But, um, like, Burnley did go up last week to nothing against Southampton and then they, they crumbled and now they did the same thing. They went up one nothing over Newcastle who on paper has been even worse than Southampton and then Burnley still crumbled. So should be, I mean, they play United this week, which is obviously straightforward, but should be interesting to see what they do moving forward. But Newcastle, we were talking about the Fulham thing and we mentioned Newcastle there. They're stringing results together. They don't have to win every week, even I mean, I mean, obviously, with Fulham falling apart, they don't have to do very much. But still, every point matters, and they're getting closer and closer to safety and putting teams like Brighton and Burnley that aren't picking up these wins into their spot. So good, good for them. And as well as as well, we mentioned Callum Wilson and St. Maximin are starting to get minutes again because mm-hmm. they were both out with some long term injuries. Wilson a little bit longer, but um. Steve Bruce is getting some of his key guys back going forward so they don't have to play big Route 1 football to big Andy Carroll and those long staff brothers that I know Evan doesn't like. They're slow. So, yeah, (laughs) they're on the up and up. Should be interesting what they do this week. Yeah, I'll be really curious to see. Um, I'm kind of like, I can't believe Newcastle are going to stay up, dude. It makes me fucking sick. It makes me so mad. They need to just go. They need to go down again, and they're not going to. Yeah, they just always know how to stay up. It's crazy, bro. It's just like mediocrity like that. Like, you should be fucking punished. Just give give them a year of punishment, and if they come back up, they come back up. Fine, but so annoying. Um, Next one was the one that... Did we watch this one live? Yeah, we yeah, did. We... Yeah, so uh, West Ham 3, Leicester City 2. But I don't think that two goals to Leicester City really tells the whole story. Um. They looked dominant early on, but Jesse Lingard had an absolute wonder goal in the 29th. I have never seen anything like that. 
I mean, it was just like a a one time from outside the box hit off the the right side of his boot and it bent inwards somehow. I mean, it was the amount of spin on the ball. There was no way that Schmeichel was ever going to get to it. Once mm-hmm. that goal was scored, I mean, the game seemed to be over. Uh, Lingard got another one in the 44th, and then Jared Bowen added a third in the 48th um, right after right after we came back from halftime. And I thought at that point it was certainly over. Even though Leicester looked sharp at the beginning, they fell off quickly once West Ham scored those goals. Um, it wasn't until the 70th minute that they were able to get one back for themselves. And then in stoppage time, um, Kalechi... Got another one, but really it was only consolation goals. Um, he's hot, but doesn't really mean anything for Leicester. They're collapsing like they did last year. Yeah, West Ham only behind Man City have won the most Prem games since the turn of the year. They've won 10 games now in the league since the start of the new year, which is crazy. Uh, really pushing for that top four goal. Um, we Yeah, the first 60 minutes, West Ham were dominant in this game. They control most of the tempo. Even without Declan Rice out due to injury, Suchek picked up the load as well as Mark Noble. Uh, the the thing that changed a little bit was Aaron Qu- Aaron Cresswell. Aaron Cresswell picked up a knock. He had a little hamstring issue, so he got subbed off for Balbuena. So there was a tactical change there. Opened up things more for Leicester, and then Mark Noble picked up like a dead arm or something. We were saying he he couldn't fully didn't have full rotation of his arm. So he had to come off too. So West Ham kind of packed it in. That opened things up even more for Leicester, giving Ian Nacho that freedom to have a few more chances. And his first goal was a Masuaku mistake. He played it right to him in the middle. Yeah, I was riding him, and then he choked. It was a quick turn shot, and Fabianski just didn't have enough time to react. So little things like that. That's where we were saying Fulham fall apart. And West Ham could have been in that same boat, but luckily for them, they scored three goals already. So they were in a position where they needed an absolute catastrophe for ha- to happen for them to really lose it all. And they could have, like there were corners in the 94th minute where they did have clean chances on goal and just couldn't put it away. So good, good play from both sides, good signs for them. So I think both can take positive positive results out of this um they're right next to each other in the league third and fourth respectively uh west ham on the positive and two straight wins whereas leicester i think for the first time this season i've lost back-to-back games in the league yeah so uh yeah i'm seeing it here first time they lost consecutive league games since uh november so interesting to see if the form carries on for both of these teams or if things change but good good signs it was a good match that we watched yeah, it was fun. It was certainly uh, it was nice to see a game that had five goals in it. It's always kind of nice to watch those games uh, together. It's always fun. Uh, we're moving on to, I mean, an, a literal disaster at London Stadium. Tottenham managed to go ahead against United, who I thought would certainly win this game, only mm-hmm. to then allow three goals in just the second half. Tottenham... Yeah. The entirety of their club DNA is absolutely fucked. It's been fucked forever, but it's just returning to the most fucked it's ever been right now in front of our eyes. Harry Kane is going to leave unless yeah. they qualify for the Champions League, which just isn't going to happen. Yeah. Mourinho's on the outs. Son's crying in interviews. <laughs> like it's, it's <laughs> fucked. Did you see him? He was crying. No, I feel no, terrible for not. him. It, 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 
these two is, guys. Is that, is that the effect that Mourinho has on clubs? I just, I think it truly After he's is. There for two to three seasons, you can just, see it, the frustration. They're just so they're angry. Well, I've seen comments from past players under him saying that like he doesn't uh, recognize players or doesn't give them yeah. the time of day. Like he doesn't care about what they have to say. Like things like that. So. I can understand that his style has proved in the past uh, to be a winner yeah. and players nowadays, it just doesn't work for them. They can't cope with it because they always have to feel like they have power. Maybe that comes with some entitlement and things like that, but mm-hmm. and maybe they were coddled a lot by coaches in the past. So it's a reality shock, but it ultimately comes down to winning games. It doesn't matter what your style is. If you're not winning games, you're going to be on the outs. So it's like you're saying, it's looking like that time for Mourinho. And you you mentioned this, I think, back in January. We were talking about it, uh, Harry Kane leaving in the yeah. summer. And I thought you were absolutely crazy. And yeah. it makes sense now. I mean, the guy wants to play in Europe. Like, he, he, him as a player, he needs to be playing in Europe. He's 28. I mean, he, he's reaching that point in his career where if he wants a big money move, he's got to do it now because he's, you know, he's going to be starting to expire soon uh, in terms of fetching those crazy numbers on the the transfer market because they don't want to buy a 30-year-old. doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how many goals you score. They don't want to buy a 30-year-old because your muscles are old, and the minute Mm -hmm. your muscles go, you're done. Uh, I'd take Lewandowski now. Oh, dude, me too. I mean, we know know what kind of player he is, but he's not going to... He's simply not going to cost even remotely as as much as Holland or Mbappe. No matter what his his stats are, because there's long term, there's right. long term value there, right? But even that, I think, is kind of a fallacy because these guys wind up; they don't typically wind up staying at the same club forever, right? Like look it's at very look rare at Ronaldo. In the modern, it's very rare in the modern day. I mean, Ronaldo played at Madrid for seven, eight seasons. Yeah, but he's played a very long time. But he's played everywhere. I mean, he was at United. First of all, he was in Portugal. Then he was at United. Then he was at Madrid. Now he's at Juve. And there's probably another move, to be honest. Yeah, he'll definitely make another move before he leaves because the Italian media is attacking him, really because of the Juve's just not winning as much. Oh. I, I, don't know why, it's, I don't know why they're putting it on him, obviously. It's Pirlo. Why is yeah, Pirlo why, managing that team? Exactly. That was what I was going to say. Like, he's brand new manager. He was supposed to be the U23s, and then they just threw him right into the first team, which doesn't make any sense with no experience. And that just, they just did that along with the trend of like the Gerard Lampard, like, and Rooney, like modern, like most uh, recently retired players that were club legends or just legends to the game in general in the past 20 years. And they just gave him a chance right away just because of their, their status and their, what's their reputation prestige or reputation yeah, yeah exactly and i mean it does it it has worked it's worked for for uh what's his name uh gerard sorry for gerard's work yeah steven gerard's worked really well i mean at a, for a time there lampard was doing well yeah i i, I don't think he, he shouldn't have been gotten rid of the way he was at chelsea that was disrespectful I mean, it just—it's business, and you're just not getting results. And luckily enough, it's turned for the better now. Yeah, I—I I don't know where we'd be if Lampard was still there because we were playing a four-two-three-one, and it just didn't work with the the players we had. So yeah, he didn't know how to use those guys yet, but I think he would have figured it out. Yeah, and it's also tough because you have to get your staff in there too. Maybe he had, like he had, and his staff just wasn't there. Maybe. Yeah. Um. We'll get back to this one. 
Uh, the, your goal scare, scorers here were Fred, the ghost of Edinson Cavani, and Mason Greenwood, who has been sound recently. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, Cavani, it seems like they might be trying to extend for one year. I think that'd be a wise choice. He has scored a lot of clutch goals for United this season. I think him personally, he wants to leave. He does, but I'm telling you, man, United should try and lock him down for another year because he's been a very useful utility for them. He's like he's like similar to how Drew is for Chelsea. Like yeah. he's a, he has a very fucking mercenary. He a, yeah, he's got a very like distinct uh play style that not a lot of players have. And to have him in for some key games situation some key situations that other players don't have is very crucial for the club to pursue what they want in multiple multiple cups and finishing high in the league so yeah i think it would be definitely a good idea for the club to sign him but i think after what the fa did to him doing him dirty with like that whole situation on social media like he just feels hard done by and he doesn't want to have anything to do with him anymore yep everton just scored again gilfie scored an absolute fucking banger tottenham are gonna lose to fucking everton oh my god insane dude in fucking insane that's nuts all right, we're, we're not talking about that game, though. We are going to move on. Tottenham are frauds, though, just letting everybody know. Arsenal, however, not fraudulent this week. They managed to beat Sheffield 3-0. Alexandra Lacazette has continued his renaissance rebirth as a fantastic striker option, scoring the 33rd and the 85th. Gabriel Martinelli, Brazilian superstar, one of my favorite upcoming talents in the Prem. Managed to get himself one in the 71st. That was the first action he'd seen in the first team since January when he re-injured his leg. Um, Arsenal got the result that they should have got. Sheffield going down, absolutely suck. I think they are now uh, at, like, they're definitely going to be the worst team ever in the Prem. I'm pretty sure. They passed, like, the marker for that, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're right there. That's awesome. Um, This moved... Um, this moved Arsenal up, I think, one spot in the table. We are now you're, in ninth. You're currently sitting ninth, yeah. tied with Leeds, but you have a better goal difference. And if the current Tottenham game result holds, you'll be four, four behind points. them yeah. with a game in hand to cut it to one. So that'd be good. Uh, it's looking like Arsenal will finish above um, Tottenham because you guys do play Fulham this week. So yeah. With with how their form is, it's going to be similar to the Sheffield game. Maybe oh, not as simple, but that'd be amazing. I hope we mm-hmm. fucking beat them, dude. I, I would be fantastic. I mean, your shot for Europe's still not out. Obviously, yeah. you can you can lock you can lock it up in the Europa League. Going to that'd be crazy. You guys finish like eighth and you make that Champions League. Yeah, I know that'd be amazing. That would be fucking sick. Um, I don't have a ton uh, to say about this game though. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. Sheffield doesn't have that much to offer. Uh, statistically, or even when it comes to players, there's not much to talk about. Um, good sign from Ethan Ampadu, Chelsea loan loan player. Yep. Um, I love to see him get an experience. Most I've seen him play in his whole career so far. Um, but yeah, it's not the best when you're playing for teams like Sheffield. Obviously, Loftus Cheek with Fulham. So you'd yeah. like to see them playing for more successful clubs so they can have a better time. But it's also a good thing if you think about it because when they're playing in these in this when they're in these situations where it's looking grim every week and they come back and it's a complete opposite it can show you both perspectives on what can happen in the in this business. 
Yeah, I know. It's it's certainly a ruthless business. Um, okay, moving on. West Brom 3, Southampton it's, This nil. one just pisses me off. I man. mean, I just, go ahead. I'll let you go. I just uh, I literally said last week, I was like, I, I, in my heart, I can't go with Big Sam because he's done me dirty so many times. And after making those points, like he knows what he's doing in these in this time of the in this time of the league for for the bottom scrapers, bottom of the barrel scrapers, it's tough, man. Like I, I don't know what I'm gonna do this week for their pick with them, but uh, it's it's fucking killing me right now. I just I, I'm so I'm malting. I'm really malting right now. It's just how can Southampton lose three nil to West Brom, bro? They look dog shit all year. I know like, why. Why They're now? Just, they're just picking up form at the right time. It's like when you're in uh, college basketball, like you need to, you need to get in form at the right time of the year. Like you can't go into March Madness like on a hot streak because then that's when you die. Like you need to lose a key game here and there so teams don't fully like put everything out on you. And I don't know, man. It's they're just I I can say congrats to them. Do like great credit to them. Not but. me, bro. They're fucking annoying and boring to watch. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like they, they know how to. Big Sam knows how to play to yeah. win these games, and that's what Scott doesn't understand yet. He's a cheeser, dude. He's a one depth cheeser. He yeah. literally, Big Sam is the sweaty weekend league manager. It's just the worst, dude. And he's never getting results that he's he's only beating you when you're one game off getting the next reward tier. He's not ever winning for himself. He's just winning to spite other teams. Like, that's how it feels every time I watch West Brom. They just they, play they, spoiler. They have eight goals in their last two games. That's fucking insane. They they literally suck ass. There's no reason for that. Eight, eight of their 28 goals this season have come in the last two weeks. It's like when that, you see shit NBA That teams. is over over 25% of their goals have come in two weeks. Yeah, it's just dumb. It's like when you bet on an under in an NBA game and literally some absolute shitter goes for 50. Like, eh, it's just so stupid. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of shit. And I just feel like West Brom are winning to spite the people that have talked shit about them. Big Sam, yeah. actually, more specifically. And exactly. Up, oh, Tottenham equalized. Jesus Christ, the over was fucking easy mode for that one. I knew it was. Harry Kane scored a second. He's amazing. Knew he was going to score today. I don't know why I don't bet that every time they play, because he does score every game. He's like right around that like minus 110, plus 110. Like he's about even to score a game. Yeah. So uh, we'll move on to the final game. Southampton, there's nothing to say about them. They suck. They just lost all their momentum that they had at the beginning of the season, and Hasn't yeah, Danny, Danny, Ing, Danny Ings is a fraud right now. Oh, straight up fraud. I think he's still like being a little ginger because of his injury, but you know, right? True. Okay. Uh, final one: Brighton nil, Everton nil. Brighton absolutely pounded Everton. Everton were so lucky to get away with a point here. Um, just, just futile scoring. It was just never going to happen. Uh, James played like up top, no DCL in this game. He played alongside Richarlison, and then you have Holgate and Davies in the midfield alongside Sigurdsson. So pretty slow midfield, and um, they they went up against a pretty much full strength Brighton team who got the better of them, but ultimately didn't get the better share of the points. Um, boring, but a good hard fought game for Brighton. Yeah, I mean, it's more of a victory for Everton because they didn't even have enough to field a full bench. 
they only had nine subs or eight subs compared to like the required 20 uh, for the game day, which is crazy. They've had so many injuries this year. Um, DCL is not even on the bench there. But um, yeah, Brighton are the king of draws. That's their 12th draw of the season. Out of 31 games, they draw 12. Um, they don't know how to score, which is their main downfall. That's why they're in 15th. Only scored 33 goals this year. The only thing saving them is their defense and like their well-structured team. And I think that's what Potter understands. They're they're obviously not going to be a flashy side that is creating crazy amount of chances every week. Obviously, this week was an exception to 23 shots, but only three on target, which is is poor. If you look at the stats after the game as the manager, you you look at that and you're like, wow, I didn't even realize that. Like we had so many chances, but none were in critical situations. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's pretty stale. Everton still keeping that the hopes alive for a top six finish. Obviously, right now, as we're speaking, they're in a heated battle against Spurs. So whoever comes out on top of this, even if it ends in a draw, uh, still they're going to be up there. And I mean, for Arsenal's sake, I would you would hope for a Everton win here just to finish above Spurs. I'm sure that's how you feel. Yeah, I I just... All I care about is Arsenal finishing above Spurs this season. Right. That's all I care about. I everything else is kind of like a moot point because um I just figured it would be one of those years where it kind of took us a minute to get back into things. And yeah. City were the only team that were like on top of everything, I guess. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody else has experienced some serious falters. Um but yeah, as long as we finish above Spurs and then Mourinho gets fired and Harry Kane leaves, I'll be a happy camper. Yeah. I By feel the like way, Harry... I don't hate Harry Kane. I just don't want him to play for Tottenham. Mm-hmm. You know. Where would you see him go? I, me personally, I can't see him leave England. Oh, I think he would. I don't think he'll go to another English club. I don't think they're going to be willing to pay that because of his age. Out of out of respect. I think part of it is respect, but I think like, um, I don't think you they can, are going to You couldn't pay. see him moving to a United or a Chelsea? No. that Some people say yes. Some people say no. I'm in the camp that says no. I think um, you may see him playing in, in Europe. I don't I know. Mean, uh, I mean, in the past, you've seen play, like high, excuse me, high-profile players in the league transfer from rival clubs. Yeah. Uh, you've seen a Tevez go from a United to a, a City. Mm-hmm. You've seen players go from uh, Arsenal to Spurs. And vice versa, yeah. Yeah. So Campbell. Like, like we'll get William Gallus from Arsenal yep. to Chelsea. Like crazy things you never thought would happen. So I could definitely see Harry Kane do that. Uh, maybe out of spite. I don't know. That'd be yeah. hilarious. But uh, it should be interesting summertime. But yeah, let's get into these previews. Okay. Quickly. Um. Well, we missed this Everton Tottenham game because it was on like a weird ass day and we postponed it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would have picked Tottenham. I don't know what you would have picked. The game's yeah. still going on, so I'll, I'll just say Tottenham. Yeah, I would have been. I would have been on Tottenham too. I'm not going to count it towards our records, but okay. just out of just out of respect, just to say what we would have picked. Yeah, I definitely would have taken Spurs with yeah. the uncertainty of the Everton squad. Yep, me too. And they were missing some key players, so I think we mm-hmm. would have been right in taking that. Um, next one at Newcastle, West Ham. After West Ham thrashed Leicester last week, I don't really see anything changing. I think you're going to see another Lingard goal, maybe two, maybe two goals and an yeah. assist, maybe a hat trick. Who knows? The guy is literally unstoppable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that they are going to 
put this Newcastle team down. I don't care if Wilson and uh, what St. Max are playing. I don't care. West Newcastle are not good. They're overperforming. West Ham will win. Yeah, I'm just I'm looking here for injuries right now. Um, uh, Mark Noble potentially not going to make it. I think Aaron Quest, Aaron Cresswell. I don't know. I keep saying Questwell. Questwell. Like talking like I'm five years old. <laughs> Aaron Cresswell is definitely not going to play this weekend. So that's a big loss for them defensively. He's their main set piece guy. Yep. So that's a big, big loss for them. Newcastle are definitely are are definitely big in the air when it comes to aerial aerial attacks. Um, also, Antonio is not going to play either. So. They're going to really have to rely on Lingard this week. Obviously, he doesn't mind because he's been carrying the burden ever since he joined. Um, we did say during the live show, if they don't offer, offer him a contract at the end of the year, they're absolute fools. Yeah. Oh, by the but way. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Uh, what, did somebody score? Uh, no, I just want to let everybody know that Harry Kane now officially holds the record for scoring the most Premier League goals without having won the title at 164 goals, which is pain. That's fucked. That sucks, dude. That's a wasted career is what that is. It wasn't the closest they ever came was during the Leicester City win. Yeah. Like that like they didn't they finish third or something? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, behind Arsenal. Behind so Arsenal's crazier. Yeah, because Tottenham fucking threw. They lost to Newcastle like eight two the yeah. last week. Oh, I have to I have to maybe go watch that again. Just it's uh, getting me hard thinking about it. You said you're going with West Ham here? Yeah, yeah. My gut instinct says West Ham, obviously, because of we watch them and Lingard's insane, but I'm trying to find a reason not to believe in that for some reason. It's at Newcastle. Newcastle play better at home than away. Yeah. Uh, and West Ham are not the best on the road. They're second in the in the league when it comes to playing at home, but when it comes to away, they are mid-table, uh, pretty average. So I want to I go with something ridiculous and say a draw or a Newcastle win if I had to bet, but I think I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna play it safe and go with a West Ham win here. Okay, just because of Lingard and how his form is, and I don't think Newcastle can handle all the all those runs across the field. Well, I think that's fair, and I I certainly agree with you. So we'll move on because we have a ton of games here. Let's probably probably start to get a little thin here with the reasoning, but um, Wolves versus Sheffield United. That's tomorrow, April seventeenth. I am on. I'm on Wolves. I. After seeing what they did against Arsenal, Sheffield, uh, they sucked. So I'm just with Wolves. Yeah, when it comes on the odds, Wolves is minus 150, which I've never seen this year so far. Them being such big favorites uh, with how they played, even without Pedro Neto, they're still a big favorite, which is crazy. Um, Adama Traore definitely will not score again this season. I will put money on that. Yeah, I agree. Um. But I, I think this game ends in a, I, I want to say a draw, but like Sheffield are absolute dog shit. Uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do, I don't even know what I did there. I'm going to go with the draw. I think there's just not a lot of offense going on here. I'm going to, I think, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be a, like a boring nil-nil. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'll be interested to see how this goes. Um, Next game, Arsenal-Fulham. We talked about this early, uh, earlier on in the show. I'm on Arsenal-Fulham. Just, I mean, they already have two losses in a row. Or, no, that was four losses in a row. Yeah, they're four four in a row. Yeah, so this will be five in a row for them. Uh, Arsenal coming off two really nice performances. 
I think they continue that form. Mikel probably going to be here next season too because he's in good form now. Um, yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, I'm looking here. Obviously, we said uh, a bombing's out malaria. Uh, I think Odegaard's going to miss this match as well. So it's pretty much going to be the same squad, I think, coming out here. Now that they don't have a midweek game in the Europa League, they get a week off. So they should come out full strength. And I don't see why not why Arsenal can't pump three more goals in. We uh, If it comes down to the last 15 minutes where it's a close, tight game, I think Arsenal win due to experience and I think Arteta being under Pep at times and now him being on his own for a little while, he understands game management well. And I think Arsenal have more experience here and should win this match. Okay, I agree. Next one, Manchester United versus Burnley. After exhibiting immense grit and coming back to Tottenham side, which are much stronger than this Burnley side, uh, I believe that Man United are carrying quite a bit of... um, Momentum, that's the word. Sorry, my brain's slowing down. And I think that they they managed to lift themselves over Burnley. They're a small club. Yeah, well, small clubs in the past have, have come to Old Trafford and won. One being a Sheffield United, getting a crazy 3-2 win there. Uh, I'll never forget that. Um, only one of their four wins this season. So... Um, yeah, I think United win this game. I definitely could see a, a weird Burnley draw. But with the form they're in and getting early leads, they just can't hold on. Maybe it'll change with the expectations of them getting pummeled in this match that they decide to play up those to the, up against those expectations. But I definitely see United win this game. Nothing. They I haven't seen any flaws or any thing to go against them even with bruno not scoring i think this is the longest uh we've seen him not score probably uh, and and you're seeing goals come out like you mentioned earlier recapping last week's game uh greenwood's been looking good of recent and cavani's been getting more runs in the side so yeah, yeah i'm gonna go with the united win okay um moving on we have Sorry, i lost my tab here uh, Leeds United versus Liverpool. Leeds obviously upset um, City last week, but that was, I don't know, I think that was like a fluke. I, I really don't feel like yeah. that was that was something that's going to carry over into this game. I think they over overperformed and also got lucky. Um, so I'm going to take Liverpool here. I, I really don't think that that last Leeds performance is any sort of evidence about what they'll do this week against Liverpool, who are in better form. Yeah, I'm going to go with Liverpool too. I'm still on that thing where where Fulham and Liverpool are linked right now when it comes to form. Whenever Fulham loses, I think Liverpool wins and vice versa. Right. Um, earlier in this season, Liverpool won this game 4-3. to Mo Salah had a hat trick, two of them being penalties. Crazy good game. I'd like to think it'll be similar. Uh, but Liverpool's offense... As of recently, this entire year has been pretty sloppy and pretty conventional, I'd say. Their their side's pretty open, and you know what they're going to do, those little drag backs. So uh, I don't know if Leeds defensively will be there because that's been their main downfall, just like a lot of teams in that area. They've given, let me see here, they've given the up the fourth most goal, or oh, nope, they've given up the most goals in the top 10 right now in the league. They've given up 49 goals, which is a lot, but... They they compromise they compromise that with forty nine goals four, so 
I'd like to see this being a high-scoring game, but uh, I think Liverpool wraps it up nicely. Me too. We are in agreement. Next one, Chelsea versus Brighton. This could be a slippery game for for Chelsea. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel safe actually um, saying that I feel this is going to be a draw. So I'm going to go with Chelsea. I think they continue their goal scoring from last week, especially if Averts and Captain America are linking up again. Um, so I'm going to take Chelsea. Yeah, I can't go against my boys. Um, I do see this being a close game when it comes to possession. I think Brighton are a side that can control the ball well, and they work it into key areas that could be dangerous to us. And Brighton are a team that play much better away, um, 12th in the table in away form. When they play at home, it's it's a disaster. But away, they are a much better team uh, in the past. So yeah, I I can't I have no I have no reason not to go against my guys. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. These next ones are going to be really quick. I have no idea what to ever expect. Like, to you know, if they play a game and then have another game a couple of days later, it's so hard to pick. Um, but the first game is Tottenham versus Southampton. I would imagine, especially if they beat Everton today, that they will be. Um, the favorite versus Southampton, I think that's fair. I don't think they're going to lose to that team. I just think they're in the business of losing to clubs that are kind of level with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Spurs here. Uh, should be interesting with what Southampton does over the weekend against Leicester in the other semifinal for the FA Cup. But I think they'll have heavy legs, and Spurs will have a nice little break from now until next Wednesday. So I think Spurs with more rest win the game. Okay, sounds good to me. Think I agree. Think I agree. Uh, moving on, Man City versus Villa. I don't think that Villa will be able to slay the Giants as they did earlier on this season with Liverpool because Liverpool are false Giants. City are real Giants. There is no way in the world that uh, City lose to this Villa team, especially without Grealish, especially without Trezeguet. I just don't see it happening. City bounce back and win. Yeah, uh, Aston Villa straight up plus 650, which is pretty high. Um, I definitely don't see Villa creating many chances. Even if they did have Grealish, um, not going to be a lot of chances for them. It's going to be similar to how Leeds played, but I think City bounced back, especially after a nice little win against um, Dortmund in the Champions League on the two legs. And... Hopefully they'll be in. They'll be upset. I think they'll they'll lose to Chelsea. I'd like to think in the FA Cup, and they'll be pissed off and put like five past Villa. But Martinez has been playing spectacular this season. He's probably top three in clean sheets still. Uh, but I don't think they hold it there. And I think City walks through. Okay, sounds good. I'm with you. Next one: Leicester City versus West Brom. Oh, West Brom in good form, Leicester in bad form. But for me, there's no way that West Brom continue their win streak. Leicester City top them. I have no idea. I really don't know. I, I, I have the tab open right now. Okay. Um. All right, Leicester's home, West Brom's away. Everybody knows the draw is if it splits on the two, it's a draw. So here we go. First flip. It is... Heads one towards Leicester. Second okay. flip. It is tails. We oh. are going with a draw. All right, that's fair. I recent form. Big Sam's been there, but I mean, 
now that I have I've, my pick is if my pick relies on Sam to perform now, you can guarantee that Leicester will win this game. But I'm picking a draw. Okay, sounds good. I think that's it's possible. Uh, I don't know. This next game I'm thinking actually is going to be a draw. Um, mm-hmm. Arsenal versus Everton, Friday, April 23rd at 3 p.m. This will be a good one. I'll I'll definitely be interested in seeing how this pans out. Um, I've been picking Arsenal to win. They've been doing me pretty well the past couple months. So I'm going to go with them again. I think they're in much better form than Everton. Um, certainly have less injury problems, especially if um, Aubameyang's back from AIDS or no, 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 no. <laughs> no. malaria. <laughs> I was thinking of FIFA. So I don't know, especially if Aubameyang's <laughs> back from malaria. Sorry, not AIDS. He doesn't have AIDS. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's fucked. Um, so yeah, uh, I think Arsenal win actually. Uh, when it comes to playing away, obviously this game's at the Emirates. Everton is a top four side in the away table. Uh, they dominate when they play away. So I don't know what's going to happen with injuries and who comes back, um, who will be out. But if they have a DCL and a Decore or somebody like that coming back, um, their their odds are up. Uh, definitely, definitely DCL should be back. But yeah, I'm going to go with Arsenal. Yeah, not okay. a lot of conf- not a lot of confidence in that. But me, me I'm, neither. I'm gonna go with Arsenal. All right, we'll move on. Liverpool versus Newcastle. No way. No fucking way. Newcastle. Aren't we doing this one? I'm 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 looking at this on the Prem tab, like the fantasy tab, and yeah. that Arsenal game is like the first match for that the next week. Well, I don't think... Will we be doing a show before that? Oh, we will. Yeah. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah, all right. You got a sneak peek at our Arsenal pick. Um, but It'll probably change. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like, I have no idea. Uh, we'll come back to it later um, when we do our show next week. I'm sorry, I'm throwing off because we pushed the episode one, uh, one day too. So, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's, that's everything for us, guys. Um, disregard that thing I said earlier about like having to go super fast because there's a ton of games. There's really not that many games. There was only a couple extras. Yeah, um, they're just all spread out because of the FA Cup and right. all that other stuff. Yeah, so that's it, guys, actually. Um, thank you all for tuning in. As always, make sure you check us out on social media. Uh, also, we can be found where all podcasts can be found. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, uh, whatever your preferred method is. And that's all I got to say. Is there anything else from you, Matt? A uh, quick shout out to all the MLS teams in the CONCACAF Champions League. They all qualified for the quarterfinals. So five out of the eight remaining teams are MLS clubs. No MLS club has ever won the CONCACAF Champions League. Hopefully this is the year one can win. And I would like to say that we have good odds. Um, the Union are matched up against Atlanta United, the first leg being April 27th. So hopefully the Union can go deep in this. That'd be awesome for them. Something This is the first time they've ever played in it um, after winning the Supporters' Shield last season. So interesting to see for them. And also, tonight is the first games of the MLS season. So that's starting up again. So we can touch on MLS soccer with uh, Inter-Miami and David Beckham and all that with Phil Neville as the manager. And then also we can brag on Jim Curtin when the union don't play well so just more content to touch on 
And other than that, uh, I don't really have anything else to say. Though, but thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll tune in, or make sure you tune in next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. We'll uh, we'll see you then. Sorry, my mouth is dry as fuck. I need to go eat. Yeah, mine was there. too. I was I was like rant. I was like going on an extended sentence there. Yeah. So thank you guys again. We'll see y'all next week. All right. Take care.